Well, I, I'm just as shocked as you all look right now that they'd give me this microphone for the next three to four hours. Uh, there's just a little humor to break the ice there for a minute. No, no, seriously, I appreciate Clay. Uh, I think he's been preaching for like 20 weeks or something like that right now. And I said, oh, buddy, I think I may have a word from the Lord if you'd like to take a little break. And, uh, and as he mentioned, um, I, I do a lot of things around here. I'm kind of like a mutt, if you will. I don't do anything really well. I just do a whole lot of things kind of mediocre. You know what I'm saying? And so sometimes you may see me playing the guitar or making a video or now you see, see me preach up here. And, and in all seriousness, I'm really excited this morning. I'm, I'm thankful for this season. I've been a youth leader for a number of years and I've spoken a couple times. But as I continue to grow and seasons continue to change, I'm continuing to walk and the Lord's bringing me closer to Him and I'm just growing. And so I, I pray that you'd extend a little grace as I'm walking into something new and it, it's exciting. And I would challenge you. To, to push yourself a little bit, do things that are a little uncomfortable sometimes because it really uh, kind of brings you into an awesome place with the Lord. And so this morning, uh, the message is titled, Our Condition and His Commitment. And really, it's a, it's a foundational uh, topic in terms of Christianity. It's really looking at the gospel story through the lens of an Old Testament prophet named Ezekiel. And before we begin, let me just, uh, I just want to open in prayer and, and invite the Lord in this place right now. God, we just love you so much. I thank you. You're here this morning, God. We thank you for wonderful worship. I thank you for your people this morning. God, I just pray that you would hide me behind your cross, Father, that your word would go out. And Father, we know that when your word goes out, God, it does not return void. Father, you're changing lives and hearts this morning. I pray that you anoint this message, Father. Anoint me to speak it, Father. And again, this is all about you. And I pray for every person in here, every family represented in here, God, everyone watching online even, Father, that you would just touch your hearts this morning, bring us so close to you, become so real to us. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Now, before I get into Scripture, let me just say this, that, uh, man, I love you guys so much. I really, really do. And I do not take this lightly to get up here and speak to you. And it's a matter of fact, over the past several weeks, I've been kind of thinking about this and preparing for it. I've had this kind of weight, this heaviness. And it's not a bad weight. It's a good weight. And I just want you to know that everything I say to you, whether it be encouraging or a little challenging, is coming from a place of genuine love and grace and truth. And so, again, I love you this morning. I thank you. So we're going to jump straight into Scripture. If you have your Bibles with you, or it'll be on the screen uh, as well, we're going to be reading from the book of Ezekiel, and we're going to be bouncing around, but we're going to start in the very first chapter, verse number one. It says this, Now it came to pass in the thirtieth year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river Chabar, that the heavens were opened, and I saw visions of God. Now before we dive in, we need to establish some context and some, some ground for where we're at. And so we're in Ezekiel, and, and there's a guy here. He's sitting by the river. He gets this vision from the Lord like you read, but he's an Old Testament prophet. And if you know anything about Scripture, if you know anything about Old Testament prophets, they were not the most well-liked people. Matter of fact, they were, they were called to, to really bring God's people back and, and speak to people uh, the truth in some very dark times. Now, the reality is, even in today's society, it's really comfortable in our disobedience, right? And so when someone tries to come and, and speak truth into their lives, it can, it can you know, be a little hard for us to hear, but you have to realize these people were hearing from God and they were trying to get a hold of God's people to bring them out of some, some, some very dark places. And, and this is not something that just happened overnight as well. So here in Ezekiel, he says he's among the captives. He's in the middle of exile. But, but backing up even into Isaiah, Isaiah was saying, listen, folks, judgment is coming. And then, and then you skip on over and you get to Jeremiah and he's saying, listen, folks, judgment is near. And then you get to exile and, and, 
And Ezekiel's saying, we're in the middle of it now, folks. So this is not an overnight thing. This is God's people. It's been a struggle since the beginning, right? Since we first rebelled against God, that we've been on this roller coaster, if you will, of, of obeying him and following him then falling away. And that's the, the responsibility of these prophets was to try to bring them back. And so if you're taking notes this morning, I'm going to jump right into the very first point that I want to make. And it's this, God is pursuing you where you are. And so, so let's break this down for just a second. Where are we exactly? And Ezekiel says we are, he is among the captives. This is a time where God's people is in slavery. They're in bondage. They're, they're not walking in their covenant relationship with the Lord. They, I'm sure their vision is gone. Their purpose is gone. They're struggling. They're in pain. They're in torment. And, in, and just, like, just like going back to the garden, when we first disobeyed God, what did God do? He pursued us. And here in this time in Ezekiel, right in the middle of exile, in the middle of slavery, what's God doing? He's showing up to Ezekiel and he's what? He's pursuing us. And so wherever you are, let me say this very clear. If you've never heard it this morning or maybe you just need a reminder this morning, wherever you are, God is pursuing you. Amen? Man, I feel that this morning. If you are in pain, if you, maybe you feel enslaved. Maybe you feel depression. Maybe you feel anxiety. Maybe you feel fear. We live in some questionable times, y'all. I don't know if you all looked. If you look on Facebook for about 30 seconds, you'll see that we're in some crazy times. And it's, it, it's like Clay was saying, there's a lot of things grabbing for attention and it pulls at us. But let me tell you, there's a God who loves you and he is pursuing you right now in your moment. Amen? Gosh, that's good. Somebody get excited this morning. Praise God. Mm. So here we are, as Scripture again mentioned, we're in the middle of exile, and what happens? Ezekiel has this vision, and let's talk about this vision. It's the whole first chapter. I'm not going to read it word for word. But basically, he's sitting there, and he sees this big cloud, and, and he sees this big thing, and it's a lot like the vision that Clay talked about earlier, but this thing, he, he sees these, these figures that are, have the appearance of a man, but they have wings, they have four faces, there's like wheels under this big contraption, there's a throne, and, and, and there's the presence of God on top of that, and, and I love how Ezekiel explains it, he says, he says when the, the wings are kind of flapping, it sounds like the, the roaring waters, and so you can imagine sitting here, Ezekiel, by this river, and by the way, that river, Chabar, it literally means far off. It means far, I think there's something to that, right? And so he catches this image, and, and, and what happened? Let's read uh, Ezekiel 128 right here. It said, this is at the main end of that, uh, that chapter. He says, like the appearance of a rainbow in a cloud on a rainy day. Praise God. Don't there, isn't there something awesome about a big rainbow right in the middle of a dark cloud that gives you a little hope? So was the appearance of the brightness all around it. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. Now that word glory in Hebrew is the word kavod, and like I was saying earlier, it's, it's a heaviness. It's the literal physical manifestation of the presence of God. It's the same word and the same type of thing that was used when, when Moses was on Mount Sinai and he was with God, and it's the same thing to describe God's presence in the temple. And so he has a very heavy, real experience. And so Ezekiel's in this place where he's living out this moment of exile and slavery and bondage, but he's also catching this glimpse and he's feeling the presence of God and he's kind of getting a foretaste of what, what God's doing all along. In the middle of our condition, God is pursuing us. Right? And he wants to bring us back to a place of that relationship where we walk in relationship with him. And it's a beautiful thing. And that causes him to kind of move. It causes him to act. Right? 
Ezekiel, uh, starting in chapter 2, verse 1, it says this, And he said to me, Son of man, stand on your feet, and I will speak to you. Then the Spirit entered me when he spoke to me, and he set me on my feet, and I heard him who spoke to me. And he said to me, Son of man, I am sending you to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me to this very day. And so here Ezekiel, he has this experience of the Lord. And, and if you keep reading, there's some specific instructions that Ezekiel give, or the Lord gives Ezekiel. But the important thing is here, he's, he's compelled to act. He has this, and I pray, listen, I pray that we all have this experience with God where we catch our condition, we realize what he does for us, and it compels us to reach people. Isn't that why we're here? Amen. Isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? And so here's what I love about Ezekiel. This guy is crazy. I'm a little crazy myself. I'm a little wild sometimes. But th now this is Bible. I promise you can go and read it. So here's Ezekiel. One moment he's down here. He's making a little, little Jerusalem out of clay and he's showing how it's going to be overtaken. And, and one minute he's got a sword and he's cutting his hair off and cutting his beard up. And, and one minute he's laying on the ground and he's, he's wrapped up in, in a rope and he's kind of, you know, there for days upon days. And another moment he's over cooking food over poopy. Now, I promise you, that's in the Bible. You can read it. Crazy. Now, what would you all do if you all walked in here and seen Clay up here just sitting here just cooking him some ramen noodles over some poopy? Well, first you'd say, what in the world are you doing? Now, now that, that seems weird to us, right? It's a little comical, it is. But you got to think, he was doing these street acts, and he was trying to, really, he was getting attention. He was trying to speak to the people of God and show them their condition. He was trying to reveal something to them in that moment. Let's go to point number two, if you're taking notes. One of the greatest gifts that God can give us is a revelation of our condition. Amen? And so that's what Ezekiel's doing here. He's speaking to God's people and he's trying to reveal their condition. He's saying, listen, listen, folks, here's what's going on. We've rebelled against God. Rebellion against God always leads to slavery. It always leads to bondage. It always leaves us broken. In 2008, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And, and to be honest with you, the first four years, I didn't really know I had it. I was kind of on medicine, off medicine. Then 2012, I was at school. It was a Monday morning, the week of finals week, and I had a pain. I literally thought I was going to die. That's, that's how bad it was. Not, not even kidding. And so I called my wife and and, and we went straight to the emergency room, and they got in there, and they, they, they found a blockage in my intestine. And they come in the room, and they say, listen, here, here's the deal. Here's, here's what's going on. Well, you have a blockage. we got to get in there, and we got to cut that thing out. And I'm standing here before you today in a, a level of healing from that. Now, I'm still holding on to God's ultimate healing. Amen. But the point is, it was hard to hear. That wasn't a comfortable time. I was literally getting to take some finals and then walk across the stage and, and, and get my diploma from, you know, something I've been working for for a long time. And so it was a hard time, not only emotionally and, and spiritually. I was angry with God a lot of times, but I felt this pain unlike anything I'd ever heard. But, but the, the point was, is because they got in there, because they pinpointed the condition, they could then fix the condition. Amen. And that's what we have to realize that this morning, that we have a condition and the only cure is Jesus. Amen? Man, that's a good word. Praise God. Y'all are with me this morning. 
And so, so here we are in this moment, and, and Ezekiel, again, he's doing these things, he's doing these acts as the, the book continues to go forward. God begins to pinpoint some, some particular things that's going on with his people in this time, and I think they can relate to what we're going through now. Now, this is obviously not every single condition that's going on, but it's some big things that, that can cause some real problems here. And so they're going to be up here, but the first one is uh, Ezekiel 8, verse 5. Ezekiel's in this place, he's, he, he's literally sitting with some elders and he gets sucked up and kind of gets to, has this virtual tour, if you will, and God shows him some things here. And, and in verse 5 he says this, Then he said to me, Son of man, lift your eyes now toward the north. So I lifted my eyes toward the north, and there north of the altar gate was the image of jealousy in the entrance. Now Webster defines jealousy as an unhappy or angry feeling of wanting to have something someone else. It's a very selfish thing. Right, so jealousy is, you know, I, Logan, you can play awesome drums. I want to play awesome drums like Logan. It's, now, that's a silly example, obviously, but it's wanting something for itself. Right? Now, now, there's something else here that's pointing to, and it's God's jealousy. Now, God's jealousy is nothing like our jealousy. God's jealousy is not for him. It's for us. Listen, guys, he is creator of all things. The next time you go outside, take a look around. Now, Wednesday nights is one of my favorite nights because I get to take the garbage out. And as I take the garbage out, a lot of times I'll just stop in my driveway and look up in the sky like this. And it's just, there's stars and the moon. And I'm like, it's insane creation how we are here and what it takes for us to be alive. Man, it's awesome, isn't it? He knows how things ought to be. Amen? We were created for Him, and He knows that if we put anything else in our life that it's going to lead us to this empty place. There's the imagery sometimes I often use, and if you can imagine a dresser right here, dresser. It's got some drawers. And a lot of times we got a drawer. Now imagine this dresser is your life. A lot of times we got a drawer here, and that's our, maybe that's our workplace. And this drawer down here, maybe that's our, our, our hobbies. This drawer over here is for a spouse, and this drawer over here is for our friends, and then we have a drawer for church and the Lord. The Lord wants to be the dresser. Do you guys see that? Everything we do needs to fit into Him. Amen. It doesn't matter what you're doing, where you're at. I don't care if you are the President of the United States or if you have a job where you seem that you feel like you're, you're worthless. Those things matter. They're important. Everything fits together when God's on top. Every time in my life where God's not been the center, like Clay was talking about this morning, things just feel empty. They feel broken. It's weird. I feel this kind of uneasiness. And when he's, worked, like the past couple weeks, I've had this message on my mind. I've really been thinking and focused on the Lord. And I'm not saying that to be like all super spiritual. It's just been kind of, it's an awesome place. But I feel like everything in my life is, life is kind of lining up. It's a, it's a good place to walk in. I'm not saying everything's perfect. I'm just saying in, a, in the middle of a broken, brokenness, in the middle of my life, in the middle of craziness, I feel like things are centered, right? And so we have to keep him there. And, and so jealousy moves into idolatry, and, 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 and these, these people are literally worshiping this deity called Tammuz in verse 14, and, and, and it's literally, it means it's a deity of food and vegetation. In verse 16, they're literally worshiping the sun, and if you skip over to, to Ezekiel 16, 49, it says this. It says, look, this was the iniquity of your sister Sodom. She and her daughter had pride, fullness of food, 
Some of us just need to quit eating a little bit and fast and pray more. Amen. Amen. There's a little joke, but it's kind of serious. Fasting's a good thing. Abundance of idleness, not caring for the poor and needy. And we think of Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah, it's literally the word we get sodomy from. We think about some crazy, big, off-the-wall sins, especially sexual sins, right? But here, the Lord's pointing to some deep-rooted things that were kind of hidden. And matter of fact, even in this vision, the elders and things were in the temple, and they were doing these things in secret. And so there's some things that are in Right now in this moment, I want you just to, to be open for me. Okay, let's be open to the Lord, and, and let's see if He wants to pinpoint some things in our life that may be deep-rooted. They may be in there kind of hiding somewhere, that, and He's saying, I want to get a hold of that, and I want to I kind of uproot that. I want to I move that. So these small things, like pride, like idleness, don't lead to something much worse. And so pride, fullness of food. Literally, in America, we have an abundance of everything we need. Amen. I mean, we go through the drive through at McDonald's, if it's more than 15 minutes, we're like, we'll have to kill a cow. <laughs> it's wild. It's crazy. I remember me and my beautiful wife over there was in Africa, and we were in the middle of the bush, and they, they literally, they killed a goat, son. We killed a goat there, and we just passed around a big goat leg and not on it for a while. And that was, puts uh, things in perspective, right? Amen. Abundance of idleness. I think this is a big one. This one really stuck out to me. How many of us sometimes, I'm, I'm so guilty, guys. Listen, I'm not preaching just to you. I'm preaching to me. How many of us get in a place where if it doesn't concern me or mine, I don't care. Whatever. We have to get a heart for people. Amen? Gosh. Lord's speaking to you this morning. Praise God. And not caring for the poor and needy. Again, it goes along with that, that one I just said, but... We have to think about those around us. We have to love God, love people, right? Two very simple things that sometimes we get, we get skewed. And now here, here's a verse that, man, this is, this is really hit me to the core. And I want you to think about the, the weight of this. It says, Ezekiel 8, 6, Son of man, do you see what they are doing, the great abominations that the house of Israel commits here? to make me go far away from my sanctuary. The, the things that they were doing pushed God away from His temple. Sometimes the most frightening reality of God's judgment is, is Him saying, okay, you want to walk in this way, I'm just going to step back and let you do it. Away from His presence. God help us if we ever get to that shape. God help us if we're ever in a place where we're pushing the Spirit of God away from our lives. Amen. We have to realize our need for Jesus. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, that's point one of, of salvation, right? We have to realize how broken we are. A lot of, you know, I talk to a lot of people sometimes, even friends and family, and they're like, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty good person. And I know a lot of really good people, and that doesn't matter. We're all flawed. Even in our goodness, we're flawed. We are broken. We are separated from God. Jesus came to save us, and we have to realize how much we need Him. Not only eternally, not only so the blood of Jesus covers our life and we can be saved eternally, but He wants to now, in this moment, as we walk in darkness, as we walk in a broken world, He wants to have us, He wants us to have fullness of life. How many people are walking around broken? 
They're looking for something. I remember as, as a teenager, man, I was looking to everything under the sun to find some type of fulfillment. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. In your seat right now, you know when you lay down at night and it's just you and you alone, there's something inside you that's just not right if you don't have the Lord. You're looking for something. You're looking for fulfillment. And it's Jesus. He's it. I'm not saying when you get a hold of Jesus that everything gets perfect in your life. Matter of, things, matter of fact, sometimes things may get a little worse. Because he gets in there and like we're doing right now, he's uncovering things. It's not comfortable to be told you're doing something wrong. It's not comfortable to, to, to realize that you need to make changes. But listen, it's for our good. He wants us to be free in this life. He wants us to experience joy. And I'm not talking about joy like where everything's good. I'm talking about joy where I'm laying in the hospital with a scar this tall on my stomach and I'm still full of peace. Amen. I'm talking about where you can go through literal hell on earth and you can still be in this moment where you're surrounded by the Spirit of God so much where you're like, I'm good. It's okay. At the end of the day, it's okay. I have Jesus. That's all. We have to put our treasures there, right? In heaven, not here. And listen, I know sometimes it, it, it can be a little frustrating because there's things out of our control, right? Now, sometimes we do think we make choices that it's, listen, you make poor choices, there's, there's consequences, right? That's just reality. We have to take responsibility for those things sometimes. But, but also, even things that we can't control. I can't, I can't control Crohn's. Some of us can't control the things that are going on that's bad. But listen, I promise, we, we have to realize that we are in a broken world, guys. Where things are still marred to a degree. And until Jesus comes and restores all things, it's going to be that way. But he wants to be with us in that moment. Amen. I know I went off on a tangent there a little bit, but praise God. Are you good this morning? You guys still with me? Amen. So right here in the middle of brokenness, Ezekiel catches this promise. While things are going bad, matter of fact, there's a time when Ezekiel, he's literally, you know, he's crying out to the Lord. He's saying, listen, is all of your people going to be destroyed? And, and, and the Lord says, says no. So I'm going to bring things back together. And he points to this promise. He, and he's pointing to a new covenant. He's pointing to Jesus. Amen. Let's, let's read Ezekiel 36, verses 25 through 27. Or first, before I get there, let me, let me make point number, point number three. I completely skipped that. I got, got ahead of myself there for just a second. Point number three in your notes, if you can, uh, yeah. When we acknowledge our condition, we unlock the commitment and promise of God. Amen. So that's what I was just talking about when I, when I was going off on that. When, we, when we're thinking about things that are uncomfortable, when we think about our true condition and how much we need the Lord, when we realize that, when you get to a point, point where you're saying, okay, I realize how much I need God, that's when we realize the power of what he did for us. That's when we realize his full commitment to us and, and, and what his promises really mean for us. Amen. So like I just said, you know, we, we catch this, this vision here and this promise from God, Ezekiel 36, 25 to 27. He says this, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes 
and you will keep my judgments and do them. He's pointing to a time, it's a promise of Jesus, where Jesus comes, He saves us, and we are empowered. We're filled with His Holy Spirit. We're made a new creation. Just like that first song talking about dry bones rattling, Ezekiel even catches a vision of those bones literally coming back to life. It's this vision of a rebirth, so to speak, where we're made completely new, and God is in us, and He is causing us. He is empowering us to walk in His ways and be an example to be a light to everyone that's around us. Amen. This is his commitment to us that if we acknowledge him, if we acknowledge our condition, he will save us. There's the good news, right? It's not just like, hey, here's your condition, you're broken later. It's, hey, here's your condition, but here's what I'm going to do to fix it. There's a solution. There's a cure at the end of this thing, right? That's his commitment to us. Here in the beginning, Ezekiel is far off sitting by this river, right? And he catches this, this vision of God and he gets this new promise. And if you skip on a few chapters later, you get to chapter 47. Uh, or actually, even before that, he begins having another vision. And, and so in this vision, he, he sees a new temple. And it's huge, it's majestic, and he sees these, these wonderful things. Uh, and a lot of scholars will, will say that, that um, this is pointing to a new heaven, a new earth, and, and a lot of that may be true. All I know is one day when all this is wrapped up, it's going to be awesome. Heaven's going to be awesome, amen? But I think there's something just a little bit deeper there, too, where Ezekiel is catching this vision, and he sees this temple. And now this time he sees the Spirit of the Lord where once it left the temple, now it's returning to the temple. Here's, what I, here's the point I want to make to you this morning. 2,600 years ago, a man named Ezekiel caught a, a vision and a promise from the Lord that he never saw come to pass in his lifetime. In 2020, sitting here in this church right now, you are the fulfillment of that vision. Amen? Are you hearing me this morning? We're not in exile anymore. Jesus came. He died. He rose again. He sends the Spirit of God living within us. And just, listen to this. 1 Corinthians 3, 16. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? you a temple no longer is a building. It's no longer this building. It's you. The Spirit of God is in you this morning and it empowers you this morning he caught a glimpse of a vision that you are the fulfillment of that now I realize things are not completely fulfilled that's not what I'm talking about but you have to realize how important you are this morning we're not made just to, to, to go through life going through the motions sitting idle right full of our pride and, and things like that no God's saying listen you have a purpose here you are plan A there is no other plan he is using you to reach people. Amen. He wants to fill you this morning. And in this vision also in chapter 47, he begins to see this river flowing out of the temple. Again, in case you missed that, I guess it's up there and I've been looking behind me, but the fourth point was you are the fulfillment of Ezekiel's vision. Amen. Man, you guys are important. The Lord loves you this morning. Ezekiel 47, we're going to read a little bit of scripture here. You guys mind? One through five, he says, Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and there was water 
flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the front of the temple faced the east, for the water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. He brought me out of the way of the north gate and led me around on the outside to the outer gateway that faces east. And there was water running out on the right side. And when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits and brought me through the waters, and the water came up to my ankles. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me to the, through the waters, and the water came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000, and the river I could not cross, for the water was too deep. Water in which one must swim, a river that cannot be crossed. And so, here this morning, again, let me just kind of, let's, let's bring us up to point. Again, we're, we're, we're talking about our condition, right? That's the first thing I, I want you to really think about your condition this morning and where you're at. And, and I want you to think about God's promise to you, the, the same promise that he made to Ezekiel, the same promise that he made to Adam and Eve in the very beginning. A promise of one day a Savior would come, and that Savior has come. And a lot of, a lot of, a lot of us are in different places, right? Some of us, you may be sitting here this morning, you're still wrestling with this whole God thing. And I pray that through this message that God is saying, listen, you need me. I want, I want to save you. And so we're in different places. And in this scripture, I want to point to a couple things that's interesting. Uh, s- some different stages, if you will. And so first we talk about being ankle deep. Some of us may need to change the direction of our life completely. You may be walking in one, and what's repentance mean? It means you're walking in one way, and then you turn, and you're no longer walking in those ways. And then knee deep, changing the devotion of your life. You know, you know, sometimes we need to really think about what we're putting first. You know, just like before we were talking about jealousy, and we were talking about idolatry and, and, and putting things above God. And sometimes, even as Christians, we can get so comfortable in the life that we have, that we, before we know it, we're putting things above God and things are getting out of balance. So some of us need to, to think about, you know, what we're bowing to. Is God really at the center of our lives? Is He really the Lord of our lives? Are we really worshiping Him? And then thinking about waist deep, changing the desires of your life. Now, Pastor Tess Lips one time said a couple years ago, I love this, it's always stuck with me, he said, you know, as a Christian, I can do anything I want to do. And the thing is, God changed my want-tos. Amen. If you could see my, if you could see my life as a 15-year-old versus now, you'd say, yep, there's a God for sure. That it's, I'm completely different. Everything that I do now is based on His changing of my life, His saving of my life. Now, I'm not saying i got it figured out. I am a mess. But trust me, I'm a lot better off now than I was then. Amen. And then the last one, I love this one, swimming. It's changing the destiny of your life. You're into a place, and this is what my prayer for all of us, that we can be a place where our feet have left the bottom and we're in the current of God. And He's just taking us wherever He wants to go with whatever we're doing, whatever platforms we have, whatever areas of life that you're in. God's just taking you in those areas and He's using you in a mighty way. Amen. So I pray, look at these things this morning. Think about where you're at. Think about what stage you're at. You know, one of the, in my life, lately I've been working on a garden, me and my mama and papa over there and my beautiful wife and also raising some meat chickens. That's been interesting. And, uh, and what I've realized through that, the other morning, the other, was, was out there in the garden and I was pulling up a little dirt around the corn and the Lord said, you know, no one ever plants a garden and just leaves it. Let me think about it. 
What happens if you leave it? It grows up, son. It'll be overtaken before you know it. You have to get out there and you have to. I was literally in between corn pulling weeds and pulling dirt up around the stalk so it had support as it grew. And there's been a few times where I've had to get the old 12 gauge gold trigger out and I've had to scare or end the life of a few things that were trying to come into my garden. Sometimes we gotta we gotta protect that, right? And the, the point is it's a progress, right? We have to work for this. Now I'm not talking about works-based salvation. I'm not talking about you doing things to get to God. The gift of God is, is free. Salvation is free. It's a gift. But we have to tend, we have to partner along with God. We have to be co-workers with Him. We have to tend to our garden. We have to pull out weeds. We have to watch things that are trying to get in there and, and take away things that are important to us. Amen. And we, we, have to, we have to work towards that. We have to grow it. And, and I pray that all of us can, can grow. That every stage of life we're growing in our relationship with God. And wherever it is you are this morning. And whether you're, you're ankle deep or whether you're swimming, listen, don't feel bad about where you are. The point of this message this morning is to realize your condition. It's to realize that God is with you in that condition. And He's saving you. And not only is He saving you eternally, but again, I know I'm kind of beating a dead horse, but I want you to get a hold of this. He wants you to have fullness of life here. He wants you to be empowered. Amen? Got one more set of scripture for you. You guys still with me this morning? Just still with me? Amen. Man, I love you guys. Thank you all so much this morning. I appreciate you. Ezekiel 47, 9 through 12, it says this. And it shall be that every living thing that moves wherever the rivers go will live. There will be a very great multitude of fish because these waters go there, for they will be healed. And everything will live wherever the river goes. It shall be that fishermen will stand by it from Engedi to Egliam. They will be places for spreading their nets. Their fish will be of the same kinds as the fish of the great sea, exceedingly many. How many knows that the harvest is plentiful this morning? Amen. Laborers are few. We have to be, and, and, and through Scripture you see that, you know, Jesus says, I will make you fishers of men. Amen. But his swamps and marshes will not be healed that they will be given over to salt along the bank of the river on the side and that will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month because their water flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine. Now just like that garden, you guys are growing this morning. And God wants you to know that from you is a river of life flowing out of you and the source of that is the Holy Spirit it's God and so when that water flows out of you it's flowing into every dead thing around you and it's life your life and through what Jesus has done in you is healing to those around you amen and so I want you to get a hold of how important that is you have influence this morning. God wants to use your life so that you are a river flowing into dead things in a crazy, broken world. In the middle of all of it, He's using you to bring life to folks. When people look and see you, they say, man, there's something different about that person. There's something different. I don't know exactly what it is, but man, things are crazy. And for some reason, I want what they have. Amen. So this morning, again, I just hope we can, we can reflect. I hope we can think about 
where we're at, think about the seriousness of our condition, and think about how much God loves us, the promises He has for us, and how much He wants to fill you this morning. Can I pray for us? Dear Heavenly Father God, I just I just love you so much this morning. And I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for the simplicity of the gospel. I thank you that you're speaking to us in the middle of some crazy times. Lord, there's things going on in, in, in the world around us and as well as in each of our personal lives that sometimes we don't understand. And, and God, I, I pray that we realize that we, we live in a, a broken world, Father. And when we rebel against you, God, it, it, it leads to slavery. It leads to captivity. It leads to our brokenness, Father. And that's our condition. Without you, God, we are broken. But you made a promise, God. You made a promise that you would send Jesus and, and, and to die for us. God, this is the gospel story. In our brokenness, you pursued us. And Jesus died for us. He died for our sins. And not only that, he wants to empower us Father God, I, the Holy Spirit, I pray that you would empower your people this morning, God, that you would you would put a finger on some things going on in our life just, just so that we could grow. And Father, I pray that you would just fill us with your Holy Spirit, God. I pray that you would continue to lead us, that you would continue to guide us, you would continue to direct us. I speak blessings over each and every person in this room, every family represented again, God, that you would just bring us into the people that you've called us to be, that we would realize our responsibility and to realize how important our lives are, that you want to use us and from us is a river of life flowing because of you. God, where you are, there's life. I love you so much this morning. I thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us let us stand this morning. Let's just worship here for a little bit this morning. Really think and, and soak some of these things in as the worship team.